once again after a bit of time off hello good morning good afternoon good evening welcome wherever you are to another episode of the unmade bed one of our sporadic 2023 series i'm adrian there's brie say hello brie hello brie we have things to discuss. It's been a big week in Australian sport, a huge week for Australian women's sport, where the, the Matildas finally being taken seriously by most of the country. Yep. Um, and putting on a putting on an excellent performance to get to the semi-finals of the FIFA Women's World Cup. Unfortunately, got knocked over probably by a, you know slightly more experienced England. Um, in the semi-final but um it's uh i was reading a few articles today talking about how it's all very well for the pm and and ministers to come down and be seen on the field you know patting the girls on the back but they need to put their money where their mouth is now and actually fund upgrades to sporting stadiums around australia to allow more women to participate in sport absolutely it's it's always been the uh the refrain from from people when when we talk about the the uh, difference between men and women's pay in in sports is ah oh, well men men bring in greater revenue and men have more eyeballs basically watching it but you know the Matildas the, the, the Socceroos have never managed to get eleven million people watching well no the Matildas have managed to out eyeball. I don't want to say anything that's been screened ever on Australian TV because they changed rating systems in 2001. So the number of people watching Kathy Freeman was under the old system in the 2000 Olympics. Yes, now they're including streaming yes. watching. So, look, yeah, look, it is a bit different, but, look, it's, it's you know, it's splitting hairs if you if mm. you don't say that, yes, it's one of the, the most watched... Uh, sporting events of, of mm. all time for that's for sure mm. and um i think people who who talk about you know eyeballs and you know number of people watching and that sort of thing fa- fail to realize that that you know one of the reasons why women's sports don't get the same amount of viewership is because they're not afforded the same uh prime time slots mm-hmm. um and of course which is pretty they're not afforded the same uh you know, because they're not afforded the same money already, mm-hmm. that you know it's harder to attract um, people, you know, new women to the sport mm. on a professional basis. Mm-hmm. You know, most women's sports are not really paid professionally. No, certainly nowhere near the level of the men. No. Mm. So um, yeah, it's been a it's been an interesting week, and I hope I hope it uh, it gains some momentum in in terms of. You know the funding and and uh, I guess the the uh, I guess the liking of women's sport that, that you know, and it's it's not just it's not just the the football slash soccer it's mm. you know if you look at the biggest Australian sporting events of the last few years it's um, been Ash Barty playing in the Australian Open mm-hmm. and Wimbledon it's mm-hmm. it's it's women have been up there mm. with the interest that people have mm. and yes you can say yes of course australians love winners it's mm. that to me that that becomes a little bit nauseating at times than the the amount of people who will jump on the bandwagon yeah well what will be interesting is um uh, n- numerous 
football associations, football slash soccer associations across Australia have said in the last couple of weeks the number of parents ringing up about getting their kids in, both sons and daughters, to play football slash soccer has been enormous. The only problem is it's at the wrong end of the season because it's getting into finals time for, uh, for Yeah, it's too, it's too late for this it's, season. It's too so late it's, for this season. It's, it's got to continue on to, That's the, right. to the next. But, you know, soccer's from a grassroots level has always been very well received, mm. well well played in Australia. Mm. Maybe the third most played sport in, well, in, yeah, in Australia. Possibly, might even be more than that because, mm. you know, I guess particularly given the, the divide but with football, you know, between rugby league and mm. and AFL. Um, and, of course, there's also the um, the Australian Diamonds who won the World Cup in, in netball. Mm. Not got anywhere near the coverage because it's netball. Mm. Um, but um, they also did very well and... Mm. It, you know, it's not a netball's not a, a world sport by most people's standards. It's mm-hmm. played in basically, I guess, Commonwealth countries. countries. Yeah. So there's 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 some differences, and um, you know, there's no men's no no real international men's netball competition because there's always been a women's sport. That's mm. so you can. It's it's hard to um, to make a comparison. But, you know, I would hope that, that anyone who gets behind women's sport, if, mm-hmm. if men ever decided to take up netball to mm. a professional degree, would also, you know, be behind that. Mm. Mm. We used to actually, want at, um, at uni, the uh, inter-college sports, one of the inter-college sports was netball. And netball was played by both the girls and the boys. Yeah, if, if you look at local level netball, the, the competition's often just mixed gender. It's, you yeah. know, not, um, not but, specific. It's Let's just say that inter-college men's netball in Hobart <laughs> was a contact sport. <laughs> it was yeah. very much a contact sport. The yeah. girls didn't hold back either. That's good. No, I, I think people yeah don't give netball some credit. It's um for a, for a sport that's yeah non-contact. Um, there's there's ways around that in, mm. in, in netball. To yeah. Agree. Mm. Well, I see you've got a whole bunch of notes there in front of you of things you wanted to discuss. The microphone is yours. What have you got? Well, there's just something that cro- that uh, I was listening to various songs on Spotify as as you do, mm-hmm. and and something that that kind of came on. Was uh, Dennis Leary's "Asshole"? Uh, yes, the number one song on Triple J's Hottest 100 of 1993. Yeah, mm. and it, it got me thinking: what whatever happened to spoken word songs? Because if you if you look at 1993 in particular, mm-hmm. you of course got Den- Dennis Leary's "Asshole" at number one. Mm-hmm. You've also got "Detachable Penis," mm-hmm. and the the other one, which not a lot of people might remember, mm-hmm. is the song uh, "Somewhere" by Efwa. Yeah, mm-hmm. Um which is a very it's a bizarre song, and I think it only got any kind of radio airplay in Australia and probably the UK, where mm. she's where she's from. Where she's from. Mm. But um, it's interesting that there's yes yeah, th- three spoken word songs that I'm. That I know that are mm. all from the same year, mm. and I I literally can't think of any spoken word songs after nineteen ninety three that mm. that 
jump into. I mean, there's a few comedy sort of like you know, like yeah. Tenacious D's, you know, tribute and, yeah. and that sort of thing, which is, I guess, along the same sort of mm. page. I think the artists that do do that style of music are still there. It's just that the songs aren't becoming hits anymore. Yeah, yeah, I think um, mm. that's that's quite possible. And and you've got to separate these kind of spoken word songs from rap music. It's not. Mm. It's not rap music. It's it's the 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 the, the, yeah. the the spoken bit is never meant to be kind of in rhythm or any kind of mm-hmm. you know. It's literally just someone kind of talking poetry. Yeah, and then there's some sort of catchy chorus usually mm. that that gets the the radio airplay and, and yeah. that's it. Mm. But um, I don't know if you can think of any any spoken word songs that have occurred since 1993. Uh, There's plenty before 1993. Around 1997, 98, you had Everybody's Free to Wear Sunscreen from okay, yep, uh, Romeo that, and Juliet. Yep. And then fine. John Safran's piss take of that Not the Sunscreen song, which no. deserves to be mentioned in its own right because mm. it's bloody funny. Uh, well, no, not 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 in the, the spoken talking talking word sort of sense it's it's been a bit of a barren desert for that sort of thing but hmm. i think everything has its day it'll come back around yeah that's quite possible mm. it's um what else you got that was kind of it that was, <laughs> that was kind of it at the moment but oh hello it might be a short episode well, well there's nothing wrong with a short episode but maybe not we still have a chart to dive into I'm yeah we i mean we can still there's still other um look to sound like a bit of a one track uh, record donny dolly parton's got another um single off her upcoming rockstar album mm-hmm. and this time it's it's let it be and it uh features both uh paul mccartney and ringo star mm. in it and uh, it's quite good should take a listen. Mm, okay, I'll take your recommendation. Yes, mm. take a recommendation on board. Mm. Well, look, this this chart that I've pulled out for this week has probably got a few things that we can, we'll end up talking about anyway. So yeah. it was the chart from this week back in 1988. 88. Yeah. Yes, notable because it was the middle of August 1988 that the Australian Record Industry Association, or ARIA, stopped using the Australian Music Report to compile their singles chart and started doing it themselves in-house. Okay. So there were a few songs sort of bouncing around a little bit during that sort of changeover period. Yeah. Mm. Um, Chart notable because my favourite song of all time, Perfect Day by Fisher Zed's in there, but number 18, it never made the top 10. No. Not nationally, it was top 10 in Melbourne, but that's another thing. The number 10 song this week back in 1988 was Underworlds, Underneath the Radar. Yes. Now, they had an enormous transition between their first album and what they are now, which was basically a primetime doof-doof band. Yes. Mm. Because it was sort of an electronic sort of rock underneath the radar, but then by the time you get to um, Born Slippy and that kind of thing, less than a decade later, they were... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, well and truly. Uh, well and truly on yeah. the opposite side of the spectrum. Uh, number nine, a debut, Bross. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I Owe You Nothing, which would end up being a number one hit, unfortunately. But 
They, they were actual brothers, weren't they? Bros. So there was two of them, the Goss brothers, and then there was the third guy. It was Matt oh, and, there was a third guy. Yes, it was Matt and Luke Goss, and God knows why I can still remember that. I wish I didn't. And then I forget what the third guy's name was. I think everybody's forgotten what the third guy's name was. Yeah, uh, but anyway, I didn't realize I'd probably. Uh, and to be honest, I can't. I can't quite remember. But I probably had a Bross Cassingle at some point. Yeah, well, it's highly likely. We can bury given it. it's ninety eighty eight, and I was eleven years old. Yeah, so. we can bury that. Yeah. Uh, the number eight song this week back in 1988 was Tracy Chapman, Fast Car. Mm-hmm. Which gives me a chance to digress and say, Luke Combs, fuck off with your version oh, of Oh, Luke Combs can fuck right off. Um, whenever they're playing it on, on, and we have Hit FM on in the office at the moment, whenever they're about to play it, or most of the times when they're about to play it, they play this intro from him where he basically says, oh... This is my favourite song and I wanted it to be heard by a new generation. Why couldn't you just get on your social media and say to everyone, hey, listen to Tracy Chapman's Fast Car, instead of doing it yourself? Yeah, well. You hat-wearing asshole. Hmm. Just, ugh. Anyway. Yeah. Doing off on a tangent with my, um, I, you know, as you know, I do like some country artists, Dolly mm-hmm. Parton being mm-hmm. obviously the... One of them, but um, mm. there's an artist that I like called Kelsey Ballerini, who's uh, yes, quite is as she's become quite big in the U.S. and um, it's actually interesting because she was married to an Australian country artist, Morgan Evans, ah. and they divorced or started uh-huh. to divorce about a year ago. Yeah, and he released a breakup song first. Uh oh. I think it was called Blinds, Blindsided or, or, or something like that. Right. So, and to, to put a little bit of perspective on it, when, when they got married, he was in his late 20s and she was about 21 or 22. Right. So, this was probably a, not a relationship that was ever going to really mm. necessarily go anywhere. But um, anyway, now I'm still married for about seven or eight years or something like that. Mm. Um, so he released his uh, his breakup song, which kind of made her a bit mad because it painted her as a bitch. Yeah, it's um, and then she released a full EP, which I which I'm hoping and I, and I think it should be nominated for a Grammy Award whenever mm-hmm. that comes comes around. Mm. She released like an EP, but it's also a short film. Like, so it's got... Oh. It, so each of the, the six songs, and each song has, you know, got a video uh-huh. attached to it, and, and it's a running video, so it's right. like, you know, one yeah. one after the other. Uh-huh. Yeah, and um, it's... She, she's torn him a new arsehole? She, she's torn him a really new arsehole in, in, in the... It's a it's an excellent piece of music, and it's it's a very well-done... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, sort of, I guess, EP and, mm. and, and short film, so... Mm. Well, revenge can be sweet sometimes. And, um, and then she's also now, six months later, uh-huh. re-released it again. Right. But she's changed some of the lyrics, and she's calling it the, the healed version, where she's... So the original one was kind of a, you know, oh, we're going through a divorce, and uh-huh. here's some of my, uh-huh. you know, feelings on the right. divorce, yeah. and now it's kind of, well, fuck you, sort of... Right versions of the this this the song and it's yeah it's going pretty gangbusters in the in the u.s on the on the it, it's country pop it's you know it's mm. not yeah. not full-on country mm. um but yeah so just to go off on a tangent mm-hmm. um 
if anyone was looking for some fuck you kind of and some interesting music, mm-hmm. have a look at Kelsey Ballerini. It's um, some pretty... Worth checking out. It's worth checking out. She, you know, could... I'm not going to say she's going to be as big as Taylor Swift, but um, it, it's possible that they'll gain some momentum in the near mm. future. Okay. So, anyway, off the country of... Off, off the topic of country. And back on the, <laughs> the charts chart. from this week in 1988. At number seven, Chantuzies want to be up. Ah, the Chantuzies. Mm. No, Australian? No, definitely Australian. Yeah. They're from Melbourne. Yeah. Yep. Um, one of the... One of the, and her name has completely escaped me, but one of them was on Sons and Daughters, one of the girls. Ah. Yeah. And it's going to come to me in the middle of the night. Probably. Probably. There's a big Sons and Daughters uh, event going on in Melbourne this month. Really? Like a reunion event, including Rowena Rowena Wallace. I didn't even know she was still alive. She's still alive, and they're having this big Sons and Daughters, uh, you know, convention. Hmm. Type thing, which I know about because I'm I'm big on Prisoner, which mm-hmm. is around the same time as mm-hmm. being put together by some of the people who run Prisoner conventions. Mm. Okay. Anyway, again, side note. All right. <laughs> Number six, James Rain, Motors Too Fast. Great song. Yeah. Number five. Did anyone actually understand the lyrics of that song? No, it took me a while. Yeah. Number five, With a Bullet, up from number ten, Robert Palmer, Simply Irresistible. Oh, yeah. I hate that song. A video that you could not get away with oh. in this day and age. No. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I hate that song for multiple reasons. All but right. yeah, the video is one of them. Okay, we'll move along. Number four, Fairground Attraction. Perfect. Yeah. One of those cute sort of little... Cute, these sort of... I don't think it really holds up in modern times. No. Doesn't much. tend to get a lot of airplay these no. days. Number three, well, you'll be pleased this one's here. Kylie, got to be certain. Yeah. Hmm. Underrated song. I think they shot the video in Melbourne for that one. Yeah. Hmm. I think I saw something It's maybe the... 20 no 35th anniversary of I should be so lucky well it would be coming up this month it was yeah Mm. yes Mm. number two crowded house better be home soon yeah one of the all-time Australian classics slash New Zealand yep speaking of Australian classics number one again this week for the fourth week in a row at the times John Farnham's age of reason yeah well I thought the other month when they said that uh, John was um, receiving care at home. Yeah, people uh, were starting to write his obituary. Yeah, because normally when they say he's resting comfortably at home, mm-hmm. um, the next thing you know, they're dead. Yeah. But no, Mr. Whispering is apparently still going and he started singing again. So, yeah. All the best to John Farnham. Yeah, it's, I mean, he's kind of lighting up the charts again. There's uh, been a couple of uh, releases on vinyl. Mm hmm. Um, Put him back on the, the Australian album charts, mm-hmm. a documentary, mm-hmm. and mm. you know, one of the genuinely nice guys of Australian music, yeah, Australian entertainment. Full stop. Yes, uh, nobody has ever come up with anything that can fuck that up. No. <laughs> and Luke Combs, please don't ever cover John Farnham. No, thank you. No, no, thank you very much. Okay. Mm. All right. Anything else that's come to the top of your head? No. 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 No, it's um, been a, a, look, as far as I'm concerned, been a fairly quiet time in, in music. A 
at the moment it's uh i've just realized i've got a book over here which mentions sons and daughters and, and all the stars ali fowler there you go well that'll save a sleepless night that it? will save a sleepless night <laughs> ali fowler for, uh, from sons and daughters was one of the chanteuses and toddy goldsmith who's yeah. hot 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 and Evie Von Bibra. They there were the we three go. females. And James Rain's brother was in the band. Oh, too. okay. There you yeah. go. Mm. There's some music trivia for you. All right. Well, I think we've got a few things off our chest. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and some things from the deep recesses of, the, of deep your brain. Deep recesses of the memory. Yep. Yes. Oh, I turned 48 next week, so, you know, there's things that are getting filed away further and further back on the old hard drive. Yeah. And it can take a while for them to come out. Mm, in the archives there. Uh... And there's a lot in the archives, I tell you. Yeah. All right, well, that's about it for this episode of The Unmade Bed. Have no idea when we'll be back. Probably the next time Bree has a full bottle of wine between getting home and half past seven on a Friday. It was a lower alcohol wine, just to be fair. Local? Oh, okay. Well, a lower alcohol. Lower alcohol wine. <laughs> because what's the point of that? Yes, exactly. Exactly. But she likes the taste. Anyway, that's it. It's good night from me. Say good night, Bree. Good night, Bree. We'll catch you again sometime soon on the Unmade Bed. Mm-hmm.